Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by... Yeah, boy. Jeremy. Jay and Phoenix, I'm in the building. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. We will soon get into pop culture. Little delay, but he made it. But first, I want to tell you guys about something that we are very excited to talk about here at the Raspy Voice Kids. I'm already plugged in. I don't know if Jeremy is or not, but it's called Symbol. It's the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol has blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your favorite teams. It is not gambling. But you can use your sports knowledge to buy low and sell high and then earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol is offering a very special giveaway to the 1012 Network and the Raspy Voice Kids. Symbol is going to hold a drawing to give away two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. All you have to do is sign up for Symbol, make a $25 deposit using promo code RASPY12, R-A-S-P-Y-1-2, and you will be entered into a chance to win two tickets to your favorite team's game this season. Visit www.simbullsymbol.com to create a free account, and when you deposit, make sure to use the promo code RASPY12 for a chance to win two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. Visit Symbol.com and use the code RASPY12 and start investing in your favorite teams now. I'll be honest, we, we are liars. I'll be honest, we are liars. I'm pulled over and I got priors. Guess we going down, guess who's going to jail. I mean, we bring the flavor here. Thank you, George Ty Curry. 
putting the beat down, giving the people what they want for this pop culture segment. Brandon, get into it. What are we listening to? What are we talking about? Man dumps girlfriend using Jumbotron scoreboard at baseball game. What do you think, Jay? Eight? <laughs> when you first look at this, this is just funny. It's funny, and then you pause for a second because there's other things that go into it. I will say, so the way this thing's set up at a lot of baseball games or sporting events, you can pay, you know, $5, $10, and you can get a shout-out on the scoreboard. You could say something like, hey, happy birthday, or hey, happy anniversary, or congrats for something that happened. Do whatever you want to do. You can put on there, add me on Snapchat, whatever you want. This man took his opportunity to break up with somebody. He did it savagely, too. Whoa. Whoa. When I first saw that, I thought, weak sauce. Weak sauce. It's not hot. Why would why would you put that up there? Like you could talk to your girl, you know, and, and break it down easily. But then you know what? I feel like the fact that he put it up there speaks of one of two things. Whenever you have a situation, Braden, you got to take it down and you got to um, lay out what it could be. And in this situation, there's two reasons why he could have put that on the on the scoreboard. To me, there's only one, and it's pretty obvious. A. a they were having a lot of trouble and he was and she wasn't, you know, they were kind of drifting apart and she was she was a bad person or, or she was a, a tough girlfriend for him, you know, and they both were kind of aware of it. And the second reason could be because he's complete and utter apple. <laughs> See, I don't agree. I, I, I think it's one of the two, because if you're close to somebody, you've been in a long relationship with somebody. You don't do this. You know what I mean? If she's done nothing wrong, you don't do this. Jeremy, but if she's been what out partying, are the odds? Is there any possibility she did nothing wrong? Is there any possibility they just weren't compatible? Seriously? If you just weren't compatible, you don't put it up on the big screen. Is there any it's- chance there was irreconcilable differences, Jeremy? There is no way. There is. This is no. There's no chance. This is anything but straight up she was out cheating. And no, she got you know- caught. You said straight up, and by the way, I believe it. She was out partying. She got caught. They tried to make it work, and he was like, nah, trick, ya trick, all that good stuff. But there are apples in the world, Brandon. No, Jeremy, no. No, I'm sorry. There are jerks in this world. There's nobody who does this. Nobody. Here's the problem with people. People see other people from their own perspective. So whoever you are, you just expect other people to be that way. What I've learned in life, that's not how it works. And there's a lot of people who don't have the fortitude to do what's right. Now, I'm not saying this is not about having the fortitude to do what's right. I feel like some people are just jerks. Yes, Jeremy. just jerks. But a jerk breaks up over text. A jerk breaks up over a text message. Unless his his frat brother thinks it's going to be funny to put it up on a stands at a baseball game. Now that... Might be possible. That's what I'm saying. Which also it means you're an apple. You're you're a jerk. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, that, that's what I'm saying. Like I agree with what you're saying, but it's one of two things. Either she, she cheated. Does, she, In my mind and heart, she cheated. And the man I, said, "I'm going to pay my five dollars to get my revenge." At the Akron true. Ohio Rubber Ducks game. Akron Ohio Rubber Ducks stand up. Here's and, a here's a question. Here's a question for me. 
Now, Jalen Jacoby, I love listening to the show. Hey, go check him out. You know, shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> I love listening to the show, and they always have the segment called Soft Move or Boss Move. Breaking up with your girlfriend on the Jumbotron. Brandon, soft move or boss move? See, this is the trouble I have with it. If, if like, basically, relationships, when you break up, you're firing somebody. So if she was fired with cause, then I will say this is a boss move. If he did this because he felt like he needed the protection, or even if he did this because it was a... a, a a joke or a dare from his friends, and it's a soft move. But in my heart of hearts, I believe she cheated. She was fired with cause. This was a boss move. Do you know how much bigger of a boss move this would have been, Brandon? If she was at the game and he was not. Oh. Oh, I hope that's how it happened. (laughs) It's the biggest boss move of all time. If somehow she was at the game, he knew she was at the game. On a date. He paid for Good. On a date. On a date or whatever, and he put that brain boss move up the century, century. If, if she deserved, in, in your words, if she was called, if she was fired with calls. Now, what I will say is, how do you feel about the Akron Rubber Ducks pl- uh, displaying that on their jumbotron? Uh, it was a mistake. Sometimes things slip through the cracks. I mean, you're. I mean, it's not like you're the MLB or the NFL, so. I'm sure you just taking them five dollars and, and and putting them things up. I'm kind of surprised nobody vetted that to to look to say, oh no, or hey, heads up for the announcer because the announcer even said he was kind of shocked after he read it because you know you just read one by one, you get to this one, and you're like, oh okay, after you read it. I love but, you know. I love the crowd's reaction. They said the crowd went wild. It shows you how miserable people are because misery loves company, and they were just happy to have another broken up couple. Amen. Well, that's what we think. The pop culture. Get at us. Let us know what you think. Because I'll be honest. We are liars. I'll be honest. We are liars. I'm pulled over and I got tires. Guess we going down. Guess who's going to jail. Guess who's going to jail have cold floors in your home it may be time to insulate your crawl space because cold air is rising into the rest of your home alfred home solutions can fix this problem call them today at 304-317-4105 today to book your free insulation estimate again 304-317-4105 don't wait insulate Are you a Big 12 basketball-obsessed fan and have nowhere to go for just all of your Big 12 basketball information? Look no further because Midwest Madness is here just for you. We talk men's and women's basketball all year long. With exclusive interviews, guests that come on to talk about each team, game recaps once the season begins, and so much more content you won't know what to deal with. So for all of your Big 12 basketball needs, Midwest Madness is your place to go. Listen on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. (laughs) 
This is Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix. I'm here with my brother. Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. We so ready for that I got five on it. Give me them blanks, Jay. Man, I only fire blanks because I'm too afraid I'm going to hit somebody. Let's get things started with the first blank. I'm taking the blank with WVU as a two and a half point favorite. I'm taking the Mountaineers to cover. I'm taking the Mountaineers to cover. I don't believe in Tagovailoa. I believe the Mountaineers will make him throw the ball, stay in the pocket and throw the ball, and we will win by more than two and a half points. I'm taking the Mountaineers to cover. I don't stand under. I only overstand. This is going to be way over. I'll kick your coverage. I'll shoot your shot. Whatever, whatever else you want to say. I think, man, I think we might run it up, man. I think we may have to call off the dogs. Um, I'm, I'm not expecting a close game. Maybe that's, you know, one of my faults. Well, I'm not expecting a close game. I'm going, I, we, we for sure cover easily. Number two, West Virginia's player of the game will be blank on offense and blank on defense. I think this is a safe bet. Again, very easy. Maryland did not cover the run very well last year, and we ran the ball very well last year. So I think Letty Brown will be the offensive MVP, and I think he'll just have a great day leading us to victory. On defense, I think Dante Stills, again, the obvious pick. But the difference will be, can we get to the quarterback? Can we keep him contained? Can we stop the run? All things guarded and accomplished by the defensive line, and Dante Stills is the best defensive lineman. So he's going to be our defensive MVP. I think you can't go wrong with go with Ledward, Letty Brown, uh, the baddest man in Morgantown. Uh, that defense was porous last year, 230 yards per game, giving up rushing. Um, they couldn't stop a nosebleed, in the words of Bart Scott. Uh, we're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball a lot. That's going to be our mainstay. I think Letty gets going. I think Letty gets a lot of uh, big yardage. But I also think the backup running back, Justin Johnson, is is going to get yards too. I think it's going to be that plentiful. Um, on offense, uh, excuse me, on defense, I think I'm going to go with somebody like Sean Mahomes, the safety, because he can come help on on uh, the run packages. But don't forget, Tua, I said Tua, Tonga Vailoa, his little brother, not not Tua, but Tua's little brother that I don't even remember his first name. That's that should let you know. Um, the fact that he threw seven interceptions in five games. They had a whole lot of penalties. I think at a point we're going to get up and they're going to start trying to throw the ball. And then one of our two safeties is going to really make an impact, have one or two pickoffs because he's putting the ball in the air. Um, I would love to say one of these linebackers, but I just feel like we're going to be up so much later on in the game. They're not going to get a whole lot of uh, easy tackles. So I'm going with somebody in the secondary. I'm going with Sean Mahone uh, showing up for the defense. Number three, WVU's win over number three Pitt in men's soccer was blank. A great start. It was a great start for Dan Stratford and West Virginia University men's soccer, not only to beat the number three team in the land, not only to get a win starting early in the season, but to beat Pitt, our hated rivals, our most hated rivals, in soccer's edition of the Backyard Brawl. It was a great start because we're not finished. This team has a lot of potential to do a lot more. They showed it last year beating the eventual national champions. They're showing it again this year by beating a top three team. It's a great start. 
I was going to say it's indicative, and I'm saying indicative not just because of the play on the field by the players or the program and where it's headed. It's indicative of that, too, because last year we beat a top 10 Marshall team that ended up, we know what they did, they ended up doing by the end of the season. And so our program is really on the rise. And because we play in the MAC, we have to show out in out-of-conference games. We get the number three team coming in. We show them what's up. We uh, we're up one nothing. It gets you know it gets uh, uh, even leveled, and then we take the lead late in the game. It's a big thing. It's indicative of our program and where it's going on the up on the um, vertical you know ascension. But it's also indicative of the fans, Brandon. That's the thing that hit me more than anything. And I know the coach came out and showed love to being one of the best crowds he's ever been at um, for soccer. But for me, it's indicative of West Virginia University. I've said this before. When we did Why We Hate Ohio State, that's one of the things I said. I said, West Virginia fans, we support basketball, we support football, we support baseball, and we're showing you right now we support soccer. I watched the game. Well, 60 minutes of the 90-minute game. I watched the game. The fans were going crazy like there were passes being completed, like there were sacks being made. And you know why? That's in our DNA. That's indicative of who we are and what we represent and what we bring to the table. Passion. That's who WVU is, and I love to see it, and I hope we just keep going with it. Number four. I feel blank when Texas Tech's athletic administrator Kirby Holcutt says the Big 12 expansion is underway. I feel... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a word. But it fills the blank. I don't know what to think about what Kirby Hocutt said because I don't know what they're actually going to do. And I can't imagine them making any moves that will wow me. You know why? Because they're not pulling anybody from any other Power 5 conference. So anyone they add, BYU, Boise State included, is not impressive to me. It will help the conference, but I'm still like, eh. I don't want to be here is the main thing I'm saying. I don't want to be here. I'm done with this party. It's time to go. ACC, please take us. Big Ten, get over the AAU, let us in. Just let us go. I feel, quote unquote, hey man, what you into this weekend? End quote. Which means, I feel nonchalant, who cares? Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, Yo, no, it's supposed to be sunny today. (laughs) 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 You know, like, hey, I hear what you're saying. This is, you know, hey, hey, we are starting expansion. Hey, you know, if the Pac-12 will say that, I I take notice. When the Big 12 says that, I'm like, you know, let's just see what happens. Like, that's cool. Or, hey, yo, hey, yo, uh, hit me on the, hit me on the hip. <laughs> Send me a text. Let me know what's going on. I'll, I'll be over here uh, golfing. Okay? I'm just not. I mean, I'm interested. But until things go down, I'm not interested. So, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Eh. Hey, perfect. Eh. Number five. Will Greer signing with the Cowboys is blank. It's a good spot. If you're a guy like Will, you've got your own eye sunglasses, Seven Oak Eyewear, that's a good spot to continue selling, to continue maintaining your social media presence, your business presence, and also, by the way, to play football. The Cowboys have so many weapons. If Will gets a hold of clipboard until Dak gets hurt, which seems inevitable at this point because he keeps getting injured, then he'll be in a good spot. I'm really happy for him. I'm really happy this worked out this way. I think it's great. Chad Greer was excited on social media. Add me to the list. I know that he grew up in in Carolina, so I know he enjoyed playing for the Panthers. But to go to Dallas, that's not a bad move. It's a good spot. 
Amen. Will Greer signing with the Cowboys is a soft landing spot. Look here. If you're not going to L.A., if you're not going to New York, the reason why I say those two places is because I understand the NFL is a little bit different. But in most sports, you go to L.A. or New York. Those are media giants. If you're not going to L.A., you're not going to New York. To fall to Dallas, America, quote unquote, America's team. Publicity's high. Endorsements are high. Dak doesn't have a backup, a real backup who could truly play. Man, this is a nice soft landing spot for Will Greer. I'm not telling you he's going to get PT. Once again, Brandon, you mentioned the fact that Dak can't stay healthy, so that that bodes well for him. But I just think it's a soft landing spot. Actually, I shouldn't say soft landing spot. It's just a great landing spot. Um, I don't think Will Greer is a, uh, I'll say, I don't think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. But what he can do is give you a really solid backup who's ready and prepared if something happens. And if the worst should happen to Dak Prescott, hopefully he's ready. But either way, the endorsements, the exposure, all that thing, I think will be good for for uh, Mr. Uh, Mountain Greer to be a cowboy. Well, that is it. Five questions. You got our five answers. It is game week. We are excited. On to the roundup. Wrap me boys! Hello, Frog fans. I'm Melissa Trebowasser, and this is the Hit the Horn podcast, your source for all things TCU athletics. And I'm Colin Post, and together we'll keep you up to date on all things Horn Frog sports, providing perspective as two people that cover TCU and are also fans of the Frogs. Each week, we'll recap the biggest games on the schedule, including football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, and more. So when you're looking for the latest news, insights, and even our opinions, be sure to hit the horn and give us a listen. Your home for everything Kansas Jayhawks is the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Metz, and every week we run through the most important stories for all your favorite Kansas programs, whether it's football, soccer, or tennis, volleyball, or basketball, baseball and softball, or any other Jayhawk competition, we have it. We have game previews and recaps, interviews with coaches and others close to the team, and analysis from those who pay close attention to all of these programs. You can find us by searching for Rock Chalk Podcast on your favorite platform, so start listening today. We are back for another edition of the Roundup with the Raspy Voice Kids. I am Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, and I'm joined by Jeremy J.M. Phoenix. We are doing all the talking about all the things today. Typically, we talk West Virginia sports, and we will, but we're going to talk more NFL. We're going to talk some music. We're going to get it popping. There ain't no stopping, because here we go. Jeremy, what do you think about the depth chart that was released for the Maryland game? Um, I've seen a couple depth charts released in the last few days, and I'm not sure if the official Maryland depth, well, how long ago was it when it was released? No, it's official. Yesterday was official. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I felt like it's pretty, uh, I kind of expected all, everything that I saw. Really? From, you expected Daryl Porter Jr. to start over, over Jackie Matthews? I didn't know. Like, here's the thing. I thought Jackie Matthews was a good DB. I know thought Daryl Porter was um, a good DB. I hear Charles Woods is a good DB. But honestly, out of all three of them, I really didn't know because I haven't been in a practice to watch who's really living up to the hype. All I, all I have is reports um, from what I hear is coming out of camp. But here's the thing. With all three of them, I kind of felt like it was a three-horse race, which is a good thing for WVU. 
or terrible thing if they're all terrible. But I think they're all good. So it's a good thing for WVU for depth purposes. But legitimately, I don't know who was going to come out as the champion, the winner of that other DB spot. We're in a little bit of trouble for, as far as depth. The backup for Nick Troy Fortune is Malachi Ruffin. You haven't heard that name a lot, and there's a reason. I'm not saying he's not good. I'm not saying he can't play well, but the depth isn't there. So we'll have to wait and see. But that's, that's the thing that Daryl Porter was the thing that jumped out at me the most. Being young, um, probably a little undersized because he's young as far as like being thick. Um, yeah, it, it was a little interesting to me. The other thing I thought was interesting is Vandarius Cohen or Jared Bartlett. I thought Cohen would win that job outright, and he didn't. I mean, he might start. It's, it's funny that you saw this stuff and thought it was interesting, and I saw this stuff, and it irritated my soul. And what I mean, the reason why I was irritated is because when I see an official depth chart, I'm not trying to see or in the lay. You know what I mean? How yeah, is it official you, but, when you but, keep putting but, ors? There's like but, three or four spots are or. But or, they all do it. Or. Every team does it. I know, but it's still irritating. Don't give me this is the official, and then you got an or in there. Well, dude, you could have just, you know, I, I'll look back in early spring five weeks ago, and I knew there was an or. But anyway, go ahead. No, that's it. Like the only other thing was I thought it was I thought it was great seeing Winston Wright is going to be returning kicks and that Winston Wright is also an or for punt returns. I think Winston Wright should be returning kicks and punts. I know Reese Smith, Smith is, the, huh? Reese Smith is quick though. Reese Smith is quick. is quick. He's quick. I don't think he has the top end speed, but I could be he wrong. I, I don't think he does either, but you know, to make a first c- couple people miss, I also saw uh Esdale's on there and I'd never viewed Esdale as a burner or somebody who's super quick, but Clearly, he has great hands, you great know, hands. And, and can catch in traffic. I'm looking forward to it. Somebody predicted that we're. I think it might have been uh, Josh Scott from Ears Nation on Twitter. I think he predicted we're going to return a punt for a touchdown. Yeah, I don't know about that. I hope he's right. I mean, Winston Wright returned a kickoff for a touchdown. He might have. He might have it in him. Yeah, you know, we all hope he's right, and we also have no clue all, on top of that because, like, th- this. Our special teams that were returning, it's not like Virginia Tech um, a few years ago, you know, excuse me, 10 years ago, where every year you could expect them to block two or three punts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, watch out for their special teams. Well, West Virginia, I know we're building something, but right now, your guess is as good as mine. Okay? Yeah. Um, What do you think about the Maryland game? Two and a half point spread. Some places have a two and a half point spread right now. I'd rather it shrink than grow. Leave all your jokes to yourself. My whole point is it started out at four and a half, dropped to oh. two and a half. I'd rather it go that direction because it keeps our team from being overconfident. I think it'll be hard to be overconfident because it is the first game of the year, because it is on the road, because it is Maryland. But when that line drops, hopefully, well, hopefully they're not even paying attention to it. But if they are, if anybody's telling them or in their ear, they're not getting too big for their britches. I hope they're just like mysterious. She's hungry. <laughs> all, all seven people who get that. All seven people who get that joke. I was just about to say it's worth it though. It's worth it if they got it. I'm hungry, man. You got to be hungry. So this, uh, this, this two and a half point spread, man. I don't care if it was fifty and a half. I don't care if it was negative seventeen and a half. You have to be driven by yourself. I was actually talking to some guys at work, and we were talking about having that hunger and that drive to win. And they were like, well, if you're a guy who's better than everybody else and ever, better than everybody in your conference, why are you going to drop body fat? And why are you going to work as hard as you can? I'm like, are you serious? 
because I want people who are hungry, the people who have that spirit of competition, the people who know there's people that are better than them out there, the people who want to fight every single second to be the best they possibly can. Gardner Mishu, I understand he didn't have the talent to beat Trevor Lawrence out, but I love his mental his mental thing where he said, hey, I'm not taking a, a poop for, for weeks because number two is not an option. That's who I want on my team. That's who I want to down, down the ride. Now, I understand we're talking about young kids. So when you say you'd rather see it shrink than grow, I understand with young kids, sometimes it doesn't sink in and sometimes you don't get it fully. But I love those people who are self-motivated, who are hungry, who are driven. I don't care what's coming up. Now, that's, you know, that's something that I like. But not everybody's like that. So you're right. The two and a half points, uh, the more it shrinks, the better our team's going to be. I will say Chris Anderson put out a stat that made me feel a little bit, uh, you know, it made me feel a a certain way. He was talking about West Virginia and their offense and how uh, they played last year, how Deggie was pressured on 99 of 432 dropbacks, which ranked, uh, what'd you say? I think that's awesome. He was pressured on 99 of 432 dropbacks. So that's less than one in four. Yeah. It ranked 110th in the country, Brandon. Oh, that's terrible. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. He also talked about how there's no offensive lineman on our team who who uh, who had 200 snaps in the running game who ranked down above average other than Mike Brown. Now, there's a couple people who did, but they had you know under 200 snaps at the running spot. The point he was making is our offensive line is a lot better this year, and I think that bodes well for us. We went six and four last year. I think we all remember that. We went six and four and we lost some close games that we could have won. And that's with an offense that was porous, Brandon. That's with an offense who couldn't catch passes or don't throw the deep ball who or who could protect their quarterback. We went six and four, Brandon, when things were not right in the they least. Were clunky. Things were clunky. I never felt like we had a smooth offense ever. And we went six and four. Now I'm hearing the opposite, that we're clicking, that we look good, that we have depth. Man, this makes me feel so much better about the Maryland game. The other thing that makes me feel better about the Maryland game is the fact that they gave up 230 yards a game rushing. Maryland did. That uh, Tonga Vailoa threw seven picks in five games. That Maryland was one of the most penalized teams in the country. These little things, they're talking about them being undisciplined. I'm not sure if Loxley got it straightened out now, but it makes me feel better for the game. You could change some stuff. Look, we grew. We didn't have a. Uh, we we weren't stopping the run very well in the very next year. Last year, one of the top defenses in the country, so it can change in a year, but it doesn't happen often. It has me feeling really good. Um, another thing Kevin Kinder mentioned is this is the first true road game that we've played since 2005, which I didn't know. Because if you think about it, Brandon, all of our other games that we played on the road in the in, in the um, first game of the year. We're neutral site games. Alabama was in Georgia. Yeah. A neutral site game. Tennessee, yeah. Charlotte. Charlotte. Uh, uh, Virginia Tech. BYU, FedEx Field. D- yeah. Yeah. Th- these are all neutral games. So shout out to Kevin Kinder for giving me that stat. Last time we actually played a true road game was back in 2005 yeah. against Syracuse, which we won 15 to 7. But, I saw that um, stat floating around. A lot of people were talking about that. I saw that on Twitter, actually. Ben, say, uh, ben Booth, or yeah, Ben Booth, I think, had it tweeted. Yeah, I don't know who did it first, but I, you know, I thought that was interesting. But the fact that um, I can't remember which site showed that 
according to their calculations, we have the second most experienced team in the Big 12. I just think this is our time. And this is the kind of stuff that gets me hurt. Okay? Well, I know that already. Want me to bring you back to earth a little bit? No, not really, but go ahead. Jared Dagey is still Jared Dagey. Jared Dagey is the guy who got pulled from the game against Army, Jeremy. Pulled from Army. Like, I know he's better. He's in better shape. But you and I both agree. You either have it or you don't. You're the guy or you're not. I think he's serviceable at best. That's it. He's serviceable. He's not going to do anything to win. So I think that this is more of a Mac Jones type situation. Uh, Mac Mac Jones Jones is better than serviceable. Mac Jones is put in a situation because he can make the passes as a serviceable quarterback. They're talking about not putting pressure on him because they have the two tight ends and running game in New England. I think West Virginia is almost the same way. If our offensive line is really that good, that our rushing game can establish the you know the pace, then it just sounds kind of like your Skylar Howard is a or Baker Mayfield is just a better version of Skylar Howard. That's what I'm not saying. Like. I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I'm not saying he's Mac Jones. I'm saying that Deggie isn't going to have the pressure that he had last year without an offensive line, without receivers who could catch, without explosive players, that he had to make something happen. That's what and I by the way, even, even when he had to make something happen, Deggie still doesn't throw that many interceptions. Put that down. But I, what I also say is, this year we actually have a retooled offense, an offensive line, a running game that I feel like is going to be strong, receivers who are going to catch the ball, so he's not going to be asked to do as much. No, I, you're right about that. 100% right. The offensive line hasn't played together, so that'll be, that'll be something that we'll get to see in real time, what they do, how they do it. I believe in that offensive line. I, I think Deggy will be serviceable. And all the things you said are the reason why I said we'll go 9-3. and three. That's my new prediction. Losses to Texas, Iowa State, and Oklahoma. I could be wrong. We may not lose to Texas, but we're going to lose a third game. It just yeah, we're be. not losing to Texas. We will lose a third game. I agree with you. Um, but... Yeah. All the stuff you're saying makes sense to me. The place that I'm more worried about now than I was a week or two ago is secondary. I'm not sure about the corner spot because I don't know. When corners don't have experience, they can get picked on. And I'm worried about Daryl Porter, especially against Maryland's dynamic receivers. Now, the best part is our defensive line is our strength. But you can get picked, hold up, you can get picked on if you go in one-on-one coverage. If your defensive line can do their job and get in there with a four-man rush, then you can go with zones and some other things. But that's, so, what I was just, that's what I was just about to say. Our defensive okay. line is our strength. And if they're at the quarterback, it changes the entire game. And we don't have to worry about guys on islands. So hopefully we don't have to put them out there. I agree with you. So, so we don't have to send too many exotic blitzes. But another thing is Maryland gave up a lot of sacks last year. Man, Maryland looks terrible. Like we did. Why we hate them little turtle, turtles. Them little Franklins over there. <clears throat> I'm getting Look, man, I'm getting fired up. I'm being for real. Woo. I've been fired up. So, real quick. Uh, no, you know what? We're, we're going we're gonna to talk about the chopping block first. I was going to go to Freddie and Fitz, but let's go to chop, NFL chopping block. Whew, Brandon. It was rough. First, the first cuts, we survived. Second cuts were rough. Third cuts, man, they done got a lot of people. A lot of people I see get, getting got. Did you see that? I saw it. I mean, pretty much everybody. I did not expect Will, Willie G, Mountain Greer to get cut. Carl Joseph, for me, was a surprise from the Raiders. David Sills was one of those people on the lines. I just, uh, I guess it's just the fan of me that just wanted to see him make it. But no, he he on the chopping block. Um, who else did you see get cut? So I made a list because I knew it was going to be a lot of people. We'll go through it again. Will Greer, Kevin White, David Sills, 
Adam Pankey in Miami, Russell Douglas at Houston, Daryl Worley, Arizona, Carl Joseph, and then Kenny Robinson. Did, did hold up? Did Daryl Worley get cut at Arizona? Daryl Worley got cut at Arizona. Wow, glad you said that because I that messed up. I thought he, I thought he was saved. I didn't see he got cut. He did. Now a lot of these guys are on practice squads. Like I saw Carl Joseph made a practice squad. Kenny Robinson made the Panthers practice squad. Um, so a lot of these guys have the opportunity to make a name for themselves and get called up. Uh, David Sills on, with the Giants on a practice squad, but it's just, it's just they never panned out to be what we thought they could be. Well, what I did see though, looked like Keith Washington Jr. made the Saints, right? Uh, I don't think there's a junior in his name, but uh, no, nah, I think he threw it in there late. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also saw Tony Fields making the Browns, but he's he was a draft pick. He was expected to make the team. Yeah, but you never know with this kind of stuff. You really don't. You're right. Keith Washington threw in the junior. He did. <laughs> threw in the um, junior. So Keith Washington agreed to a, a, an injury settlement. So oh, was, okay. Yeah, he got hurt. Um, but instead of being on IR, he agreed to an injury settlement, which means that he can he's released from the injury reserve list with a buyout, which is equivalent to the estimated weeks he would have missed during the regular season, which is good for him. But now he can try out for other NFL teams once he's recovered from his injury. It's so he's not he's on the team. stuck out all year. So I got you. He's not on the team. <laughs> so he's not on the team. He's not on the team. Oh, man. This is a little rough. But I, I think Will Greer was the big one that I didn't expect because, you know, he's not making a whole lot of money in NFL terms. He's not vying for your fir- your, you know, your starting quarterback. Um, I was just kind of surprised to let him go. I really was. But we know that he, you know, he signed with the Cowboys. He's He may be in a better situation. Um, so you just got to hope the best for these guys. I mean, you, you never know what opportunities are going to um, manifest themselves. And, and, we talked and, about Will it, already going to the Cowboys, so that's already, that, you know. That's what I'm saying. You just never know how it's going to manifest itself um, and the opportunities they're going to be taken advantage of. But uh, you just root for them. That's the bottom line. You just root for them. Yep. So I saw one thing. Last thing we're going to talk about, unless you got something else after that, that that, that kind of irritated me. And I'm not going to go into too many, too much detail. On ESPN, um, there's a radio show uh, called uh, Freddie and Fitz. Comes on late night. Look, you ever been driving late night? They're the last people who come on. I actually like most of their stuff. But here a few days ago, they started talking about Gordon Gee and how he wasn't in favor of the college football playoff and said it was on life support. My problem is, I don't mind you stating real stuff. So like Freddie, Freddie was like, um, this is coming from a man who has sour apples, where his team is being left out. Sour grapes. Uh, uh, His team has been left out in the cold. I don't mind that. You know, I don't agree with it, but I hear what you're saying. You know, that that's fine. Just, just, to not make criticisms, but you know, make observations. That's fine. What I didn't appreciate is I feel like Fitz went completely out of pocket. He started talking, like he started the whole thing about Gordon Gee, and he made reference to things in Gordon Gee's past from different universities that weren't West Virginia that had no basis. Like, I don't know whether they're true or not, but in this conversation of what we're talking about, why are you bringing up other than the sling mud? Have you lost your mind? You don't talk about the man in the bow tie like that, especially when there's no point. 
Why are you just coming out? I know, look, dude, I understand you didn't do your research. I understand you don't know about Gordon Gee or West Virginia. And somebody hands you a piece of paper that said this, this, and that about his history. And now you can come and buck up and get strong. I've never in my life heard them talk strong like this about anybody else. And I feel like if it was another university, they wouldn't. I also feel like if they knew the man Gordon Gee, if they knew how powerful he was, if they knew the groups and, and the things in the NCAA and the groups that he led and helped lead, they would check their tone. It irritated me. And you know what? I've always been a fan of uh, uh, Freddie and Fitz. When I heard that, I've never wanted to call in so bad. I tried to find it so I could send it to Brandon. I know he didn't hear it. But either way, I don't appreciate you talking about uh, uh, Gord Gee, who is the man. Shane Lines, West Virginia University. And another thing, by the way, you're saying uh, uh, truthful facts. I will say this about other people. If they said, Oh, well, they're, they're sour grapes because they're being left out. I would say it, too, if I was from another conference. But the thing I want you to think about is this. Who's not doing what's in their best interest? Everybody is. So you say that as a slight, but that's what everybody's doing. So what are you talking about? I didn't yeah. appreciate and check your your tone when you talk about Gordon Gee and the bow tie. I love it. I'm with it. Are we done? I think we're done. I think we're done. We went out on a high note. Went out with a bang. Defending our guy, Jay and Fiend in the building, in the booth. Rat me, boys! This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You are now tuned into another Golden Blue interview, and with me today is a H-Town legend. That is a Houston legend, a man by the name of Tyrone Carrier. He did so much on the field for the Houston Cougars. He represented in a big way, setting records along the way. We'll talk more about that as we go, but Mr. Carrier, thank you for joining us. Oh, man, no problem. About time I got on, huh? Yeah, it's been a while. I've known you for a while now. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's been a while. You know, one of my favorite things about you is, is for as much as you've accomplished, for as much as you've done, especially at a young age, you always are so humble and down to earth. Yeah, I get I get told that. You know, a lot of people tell me that, and my wife be like, but you need to say more. And I just, you know, I don't know. It's just not me. You know, uh, I really like to, I really like to let my work speak for itself than me going out there and bragging about it. Well, that's the thing is like humility is a good thing. People are attracted to it. So I love it. I love it. And I'm sure what you were able to do, especially for people who don't know, as the receivers coach for West Virginia University, you did that for years for us. And I'm sure it helped going into people's homes, getting them to commit to West Virginia, wanting to be a part of what you were building at what you dubbed throw it up you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my baby right there. Um, you know, it was, it was the, the thing, you know, um, there was just so many legend, legendary guys that came through that program. Uh, so I just I tried to, you know, come up with something where, you know, the, the receivers can have a, some pride in themselves. Because, you know, before I got there, they were considered the, road, the worst group. Uh, so, you know, gave them a sense of pride and, you know, it kind of stuck. Uh, the kids bought into it and, you know, the rest is said and done from there. Well, for people who don't know, Tyrone Carrier finished his college career with 320 receptions. That's the second most in NCAA Division I FBS history. 
In his right. career, he also had seven kickoff returns for touchdowns. That is an all-time record. He had nearly 7,500 career all-purpose yards. That's sixth all-time. And he holds the FBS record of 53 consecutive games with at least two receptions. So when, when you say that some legendary guys came through, a legend knows legend, right? Game recognized game. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. With some, uh, some good numbers there, man. You know, it's, it's crazy. Every time somebody read them back to me, I'm like, wow. Because, you know, going through the process, I was so, you know, focused on, uh, you know, a, a, the, the accomplishment of winning games that I really didn't, you know, I wasn't the guy who read the paper. And, you know, the funny thing is, right before I broke the record, uh, going into that season for the first game, my coach told me, hey, man, you know you can break the record this year if you just score one more. I was like, oh, wow. So, uh, you know, I just I just wasn't a record guy, man. So it, it's, it's crazy hearing, hearing that read back to me. Being a guy who was not worried about records or press, did you ever have to get any of your receivers in your room straight about that kind of thing, like getting too obsessed about their numbers or too obsessed about the shine? Yeah, so th- this is my thing, right? I know there's a process that you have to go through weekly in order to to stay consistent into whatever you was doing, right? So if you played um, in the game and you had six catches and you had a career day, right? So I go back to your week before because I take notes and, you know, I pay attention to your week, right? I kind of ask some questions throughout the week, which, you know, the kids don't really pay attention to. They just think I'm messing with them. Uh, But, you know, that process, I believe, is what got you to that point, right? So... I can usually tell the kids, the receivers, and a lot of them will tell you the David Sills, the Marcus Sims, the Gary Jennings, the Shelton Gibsons, the Kill, the Kill Shorts, you know, any one of those, those kids uh, that play for me, TJ Simmons, uh, they, they'll all tell you on uh, Tuesday, where I come, well, actually Wednesday, I'll tell them how their game going to be just off of what they've done through those two work days. You could tell. Uh, yeah, I just believe in the process. That's all. What is that process? It's it's uh, you know it's a certain amount of catches daily. Uh, it's you know I shouldn't have to tell you to you know we got the same protocol. I shouldn't have to tell you to be here at this time. Uh, I I shouldn't have to monitor how much film you watched. You know when I give you your your, your packet on study this guy and I ask you questions on it and you don't have the right questions by Wednesday, you know something's wrong. You haven't attacked the weekend like I mean you haven't attacked the week like you're supposed to because we really only practice truly and honestly for like two days out of the week. Um, the rest is like really mental to me. So if you haven't did the mental game and we only practice for two days out of the week, then how are you prepared? Yeah, that makes so sense. I, I hang my hat on it. I know before I had two guys uh, who had big games and. uh the next week we was playing against a less opponent. And I told both of them they're going to suck on Wednesday. And I never forget this. The kill shorts just came back. Uh, and I told him what they did. And he was like, oh, coach, don't say that. And I'm like, I'm telling you, it's going, we're going to win the game, but they're not going to play well. And it happened right in front of them. And they just thought I was the craziest person in the world that I predicted what was going to happen. But it's just a process, right? You, you gotta you gotta buy into the process, and when you figure out what your process is, like don't don't be away from it. Don't get too cocky that you feel like you can cut it short here. No, this is what got you to this point. 
and you got to buy into it. I believe that um, one of the things I've noticed is that the successful people that I'm associated with, whether they be surgeons or they own their own businesses, they have a process. They have steps that they go through for each and every project they approach. So that makes sense that it would translate to the football field the same way. It's it's business. You're your own company. You know, it's what you put out there that that catch the eye of of NFL scouts. That's what I tell the kids. So what was it like? Because you grew up in Houston. You played college Mm -hmm. ball at Houston. You went to the Montreal Alouettes. You played professional ball. But then you were a graduate assistant at Baylor. So you're still in Texas. What was the culture shock like, or was there culture shock when you ended up in Morgantown? You know what's crazy? Um, everybody asks me that here in Houston, and I, I tell them that when they say it's almost heaven, like it is, it is that true. Like the 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 beauty of West Virginia is second and none. I think it's like. I was watching a documentary not too long ago, and they were saying it was like the hidden gem in in in, in the United States of America. And I've been I, I've said that multiple years. Uh, and just so much that that you can see and and do, and uh, you know, being in Morgantown got me so much closer to my family. Um, especially when you're a coach, you put in so many hours. It's great that you can get home in five to ten minutes. Yeah. I mean, there's there's not many other you know college gigs that you can make at home in that amount of time and and affordable you know you could still be living close and it, it doesn't kill your pockets uh, and and that's what it was and i and and as far as the people in in west virginia man it's, it's second to none you know uh, they love their mountaineer uh it's probably the best i would say arguably the best um college atmosphere I've ever been a part of. I mean, I used to get goosebumps, you know, before the games because it's just, when you hear that let's go Mountaineers, you know, you, you know it's time. So I've been a part of some big games there, man, and I, and I tell people, it's like, there's no place like it. You know, I have guys that's on the recruiting trail that never been there before and tell me, like, man, how do you convince kids to come to West Virginia? I say, if they get there, they hooked. You just got to get them there. So, that was my thing, man. I, if I got a kid on campus, I knew my chances went through the roof to, to get him to commit there. I just saw a stat. It had a graph that in the Big 12, Iowa State and West Virginia were the two most likely to land a recruit if they got them on campus. So that's it's cool to hear you say it, that you actually lived it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they passed the uh, summertime. You could bring kids up during the summer on a recruiting visit. All you got to do is take them to – Cooper's Rock and, and let them see Cheat Lake and they're hooked. It's beautiful, man. I love it up there. Mm-hmm. So was it that, hard leaving? Uh, yes. Um, you know, the the thing was, uh, we finished the bowl game. You know, I do what I do every year. Um, after bowl games, I go back home, uh, which is Houston. I go to a basketball game. You know, I go speak to everybody, all my old academic advisors, I head athletic trainer who saved my life. So, you know, I I go by and I, I speak to everybody. And usually, you know, the football team's not there. They're either for a bowl game or they finished up the season. So nobody's football-wise is there. So uh, I do what I do every year. Uh just so happens, you know, I, I get the news because I didn't even know, you know, uh, coach was going to take that job down there until um, – 
until I was sitting at the game and, and get bombarded with cameras and whatnot. So I got the news just about when everybody else got the news, uh, which was, you know, surprising because I literally had everything that belongs to me in West Virginia. I only had like a, a week worth to close. So it was a bit of a shocker at that point, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, man, I was sad to see you go. I liked our interactions. Like I said, you were always humble and down to earth, but you were about your business and you were always confident and you could see it. It translated into the kind of receivers we produce. You mentioned Marcus Sims. You mentioned TJ Simmons, David Sills, Gary Jennings, those guys and Dekeel Shorts. To me, Dekeel Shorts is one of the more underrated receivers that have, that has ever come through Morgantown. Doesn't get the praise he, that he deserves, but he was as shorthanded as they came, especially on third downs. Oh, um, yeah. You know what was funny about the kill, you know, when I got that, it was like, yeah, he, 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 he can catch, but he just he can't get open. He's slow. And then, you know, you kind of teach him how to use his body. And all of a sudden, he's like an Anquan Bowden out there. Like, he can he can drop his shoulder into you and create all the world of separation. And if you put it anywhere around him, he's snatching it out the air. So, you know, uh, and, it, and it's about getting confidence, too. Uh, and the kills, you know, He's one of my my favorite receivers of all time, you know, so I got a special place for that kid. Speaking of TJ Simmons, as you mentioned him earlier when you were talking, Lil Fufu, Mm -hmm. as he's called, you know Lil Fufu. (laughs) The Oklahoma game where he gets the blocking out-of-bounds penalty. Oh, boy. Take me through that. So um, one of the first things I teach are if I recruit you, um, is that if you don't have the mindset to block, you don't have the mindset to get open. Um, and it's funny because Sam James, when uh doing the no, uh, it was Winston. Winston, when uh Winston Wright was uh I was recruiting him, he was like, Coach, you mean to tell me I got a block to get open? And I'm like, Yeah. So when you go down the process of making a DB feel that he doesn't know if you're running a route or you're about to come stick your face on him. That means he's never comfortable and he always has to be on his toes, which means you will always have the upper hand on that guy. So my whole motto is we're going to have more pancakes than the O-line. And if you're not that guy, you can't play for me. So TJ was uh, a really good addition to that because every single play, TJ literally tried to embarrass somebody. And that helped him. That helped him get open so easily. I mean, I, I had clips of him running up on a guy, and a guy ducking his head to try to absorb the blow, and he just hmm. stick his foot in the ground, and he runs by him. Tennessee, the Tennessee game uh, when we played in Charlotte, he literally ran up on a guy. The guy ducked his head, and he just kept running and, and will throw him the ball on a on an over route, and he scored off of it because the play before he just put him on his backside. <laughs> Yeah. So that's that's always been my motto. Unfortunately, that that Oklahoma game, uh, I don't know, man. It's just uh, I never heard of excessive blocking. Um, and then you know later in that that I think that same night there were old linemen from another school taking guys out of bounds and putting them on the bench, and we took them three yards out of bounds and we get a penalty call. So it sucks. Yeah, it was a bad, I mean, it was a good night, but it was a bad night overall because we didn't get the result we wanted. 
I was one of the people. I was never mad at TJ over that. I thought he was doing what he's supposed to do. I'd never heard of that call either, so I was never upset. Um, you mentioned a couple of kids, Winston Wright, Sam James. I'm expecting right. things out of those guys this year. Sam James especially. He had a, he had a sophomore slump, but I'm expecting him to, to really turn up this year. Can you give us any insight on either one of those guys? Uh, you know what's funny? Um, and those, it's, it's, that was the hardest thing about transitioning uh, because those kids came there. You know, of course they love, you know, Mountaineer Nation. Uh, but, you know, I, I told them I'm going to help them achieve their goals. And if they bought into what I what I teach, those goals is at fingertips, right? So, uh, Bryce Wheaton, Sam James, Winston, Iggy, um, I don't know who else is there, but those were the guys I recruited. And um, you know, not being there was was a bummer for them, um, and I, I know it sucked, you know. But doing. Like I told him, like it's a, it's a part of the business. And fortunately, Bryce, Weedy, Iggy, and, uh, and Sam, they had a year under me. So they kind of were, they were kind of already trained mentally as, you know, what it takes. Uh, but, you know, the day to day stuff is where, you know, they kind of miss about me. Uh, but I think those, those really, you know, the Sam James, he's he a grown man now. Uh, I watched uh, a couple videos on him uh saw him with uh his shirt off he looks he ain't skinny sam no more uh kind of cut up uh, and, and like i told him his biggest issue when i was there when i was there when i got there it's like man you gotta you gotta keep your your catching up right you gotta catch a certain amount of balls every day and it's not it's nothing to be embarrassed about it's the same thing Sheldon gibson had to do he did it for one year shit he was nfl drafted so don't be don't be embarrassed about it. You just gotta you gotta get your catches up, you know, because he's he's gifted, very gifted. He's fast, he's quick switch, he's long fearless, arms. just long limbs everywhere. Um, his mama don't play that, so <laughs> I know he he's, he's got his head on a on a, you know everything is 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 in is on reach again for him. So um, I I I think those I'm gonna actually come back up there and catch him, watch a game. Uh, so I'm. I'm kind of excited to watch those guys play. Well, let me know when you do, man. I'll be in the building, too. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. I'll I definitely let you know. I'll hit you up and let you know. What do you think about West Virginia with the Big 12 being the way that it is now, losing Texas and Oklahoma in the near future? What do you think the Big 12 is going to do? That is a good question. You know, I really don't have an idea. Um, I'm figuring the Big 12 will stay the Big will will still be the Big 12. Uh, of course, they invite probably uh, two to three other schools uh, and try to do it like you know have regions. You know the the north side. I mean the north region, the south region, something like that, and uh, go from there. Uh, there's a there's a pretty good uh, some pretty good programs out there that you know that needs a bump in order to be uh, an elite school. So uh, Big 12 is, is capable of giving them those schools that bump. And, you know, now West Virginia will, will be known as the bad boys of the North. <laughs> I love it. I hope things yeah. work out because West Virginia as a brand is too big to fail, in my opinion. It's too big to be left out in the cold, even though there are a lot of projections saying that. Um, you're not coaching right now. What What are you doing? 
I am being a dad for the first time in my kids' life, a full-time dad. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know. Uh, you spend so much time away from your family, and especially during the seasons, you really only see eyelids. What I mean by that is, you know, when you come in, they sleep. When you leave, they sleep. So um, I'm capable to, you know, to, to tuck them in, to bathe them, uh, help them with homework, walk them to and from school. You know, that's that's my, I've, you know, after not doing it for so many years, you kind of, you know, you, you envy the dads that, that can. And, you know, fortunately this year, I, I have that opportunity. I love it, man. I love being a dad myself. My work schedule allows me to be there with my kids, so I, I understand the op, be, having the opportunity to do that now being such a big deal. What are you wanting to do in the future? I'm going to get back and coach it now. Uh, this is a, a year just to, you know, collect some thoughts. Uh, and, you know, I want to I wanna get back out there. Uh, I feel like I got unfinished, you know, business as far as receivers. Um, I want to be known as the best receiver coach to really ever do it. Um, you know, everybody asks me, what's next, a coordinator, head coach? And I'm in no rush uh, to get to that point. If it happens, it happens. But the thing I want to be known as is the best receiver coach to ever do it. You know, and it's, it's not, you know, you know, trying to down talk any other receiver coaches out there, but, you know, I've done it. I've, I've taken guys who nobody thought had the ability to go pro or have a shot at going pro. And I did that, you know, um, I know how to slowly bring them along. Uh, I know how to get results out of kids. I know how to get kids to do things that they thought they couldn't do. Let's say that. So uh, I definitely want to be a receiver coach again uh, at whatever university wants me. Uh, so I'm looking forward to you know this off season and kind of figuring out where my where my future lies. Well, that's what's up, man. We know you're going to do a great job. You proved already what you can do, taking a quarterback, David Sills, and making him. The, the legend that he is in Mountaineer Nation uh, and so many others to go along with him. You've been productive. You've been successful at every level, and we wish you nothing but the best going forward. Oh, man, thank you. Thank you. You know it's always love coming from you guys, man. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.